we're continuing on in our discipleship trend. And we're going to enter into the world of scripture, as we always do. Welcome to my world, a place where the natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is told from the beginning. And when it appears as though one is losing, they're actually winning. Where trumpets are depicted as voices, the persecuted righteous don't complain, but actually rejoices. Here in Swartz are likened to the word, the demons of bird, the dead are yet alive, and the living are actually dead. Blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor, and the poorer one becomes, they're later found to be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place than the Yasin world of scripture. So please turn off your phones, perk up your ears, and get ready to listen. For real cockroach, it's about to begin to Hallelujah. So we're going over the story of the life of Yosef and how he was a type of Messiah and a type of the body of Yahshua. Um, you know, and specifically we're dealing with the time of his life in which he had risen to power and it was during the time of famine, the seven years of famine. Now, this is... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is this is important because like one could say we've been in a family. Mm. You know, one could say very easily say we've been in a family, you know. Uh and you know, there's there hasn't been any prophets truth. Um well I don't wanna put my foot in my mouth. Uh we just say it's a family. Yeah, nah. We'll just leave it at that. All right. So, let me have my first reader read Genesis 45, 1 through 7. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither. For Elohim did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And Elohim sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Hallelujah. Okay, so in that, you know, we've um, already acknowledged that, you know, Yosef's life in the beginning spoke to Yahshua and his uh, death, burial, and resurrection and, and ongoing spoke to the body of Yahshua that would continue on, i.e. his ecclesia. You know, um, that would continue on doing his work <coughs> upon the earth. Amen? Amen. You know, so now here it is. We've seen that he's gotten to the point to where whereby he's come up out of the prison. He's risen into power. 
you know, and, you know, he's went through all the years of plenty. Yet now comes the time of the famine and he's into the famine, you know, and the crazy thing is like, we just can't get away from these two years. You know, you just keep seeing reference to two years, two years, two years, you know. Uh, and so here it is again, you know, two years into the famine. You know, so this actually happens two years into the famine. And, and it's, that's, a, that's an important point because, you know, um, it speaks to the timing of when this would take place. You know, and this... Contrary to um, most of the other things we've read about Yosef up to this point, has not happened yet. You know, um, it's not really this. This part hasn't really been fulfilled, so it's yet to be fulfilled. And so that makes it even more significant for us. You know, now here it is. We find. In verse 3, that Yosef is actually revealing himself to his brother. You know, and so this teaches us that it will be during the second year of the famine that Yosef, i.e. the body of Messiah, will be revealed unto his brother with a message of salvation. And when we consider this and we consider the um, revelation, which is uh, also prophecy about what's to come, we do find that there's another message of salvation that's going around the world. Mm -hmm. You know, and so this aligns beautifully with, with the rest of scripture. You know, and, but it's important to acknowledge, like, yeah, this is something that, you know, hasn't been fulfilled where many parts of the story of Joseph, we read have been fulfilled. And we also have, you know, another prophecy that aligns with it, saying that, yeah, there, there'll be a message of salvation that's gonna be going around in the last days. You know, and so, you know, we read in verse 45, it says, for Elohim did send me before you to preserve life. Mm. You know, and you think about Yahshua, and you think about his apostles, and how they came so long ago, you know, and how we need their words in order to preserve life. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it speaks, it just speaks to you, you know, like Elohim sent them to preserve our lives, you know, um, during this time during the time of famine. So during the time of famine, we're to remember what Yahshua and his apostles said. You know, and this too, you know, as we've been going through, you know, and I've been showing it over and over again, so I just don't feel it necessary to keep putting the same passages, you know, in, but, you know, uh, into the text. But also, you know, like we went over this and we went over, like, you know, how, you know, not only would they be preaching preaching the gospel during during that time, you know, but how the commandments of Yahshua will continue to be being done during that time, along with the, the other commandments of Elohim. In fact, you know, those who do those things, 
those who have the testimony of Yahshua and keep the commandments of Elohim becomes public enemy number one. They're the very ones that the enemy is coming after, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but this is where Yahshua says, those who seek to save their lives shall lose them, and those who lose them for his name's sake shall save them. This is where that saying comes in. Because those who truly seek to save their lives, you know, by running away from the persecution or, or giving in to it, will actually lose their lives for eternity. And those who choose to lose their lives at that time will actually be saving their lives. You know, and so here it is, we, we're seeing this prophecy about, you know, this uh, gospel that will be going around, you know, uh, during that time of famine, whereby it will bring a great deliverance. You know, we read in scripture about, you know, the innumerable crowd of people that that is presented you know, having coming out, come out of the great tribulation, who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. You know, so uh, we're going to continue on verses uh, eight through thirteen. My next reader, please. So now it was not that you said that sent me hither, but Elohim, and He hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord to all. His house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, Elohim hath made me lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not, and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that this is my mouth that speaketh unto you. And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that ye have seen, and ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, now, here it is. You know, we're told that it was not, this wasn't man's doing. This was Elohim's doing. You know, and in verse 11 he says, you know, for yet there are five years of famine. You know, the number five speaks to information um, that we need to consider, as well as divine appointment. And so this is just simply teaching us that it wasn't by chance that this happened to Yosef, but that it was divinely appointed and that we ought to ponder upon this info. You know, so likewise, you know, it was divine appointment that Yahshua would, and his apostles would die given this message that we might have. You know, that was by divine appointment, you know, and this is what we ought, ought to ponder. Because as we look in Revelation and we see what's to come, it tells us of a time in which it'll be a blessing to die. It tells us of a time when people will seek death and won't be able to find it. You know, and so, you know, this is 
truly something to ponder indeed. Because I assure you, when it goes down, everyone, everywhere is going to get it wrong. Because self-preservation is the first rule of life, right? Yes, for the fleshly, for the worldly, but not for Yah's people. For Yah's people, you know, keeping Yah's commandments and their testimony of Yahshua and his commandments, words, and sayings is the first rule of life. And see, that's the difference between the natural and the spiritual. The spiritual, they seek that which is spiritual and make it first and foremost in their lives. And the natural seek that of the world, the worldly, and make that the most important thing of their lives. You know, and so that's what, that's the line of demarcation, if you would. You know, and so here it is, it's being commanded that Yosef go get his, um, send for his family and bring them into Goshen. You know, and so like this is uh this is huge, you know, and so he sends them off and he says, Tell my father of all my glory in this writing. Now this word glory isn't the usual. You know, this is thirty five nineteen, you know, and it's actually uh kabod. And I think it would have been better translated as honor. You know, and ye shall tell my father of all my honor or worth in Mizraim. Reason I say that, this is the very same word that's uh, translated in the Ten Commandments. Honor thy mother and father that thy days might be lengthened upon the earth. You know, the word honor in, in that passage is kabod as well. You know, and so, you know, I'm just a fan of consistency. You know, so if it was um, kabod there, you know, then it should be kabod here. You know, or vice versa. You know, but I like the kabod. Kabod actually means to be weighty. It means to be weighty. And so, like, to most of us, with our natural mind, that makes absolutely no sense. You know, what do you mean to be weighty? You know, go tell my father how weighty I am. You know, yeah. You know, I'm heavy around here. You know, um, but when you factor in that everything of value was weighed, was determined by weight, then you begin to understand. You know, and it's not much different today. Like, if you go to the to the uh, grocery store, or, um, the fruit market, or what, whatever, and you you order something, you know, you pay for it by weight. Well, how much is, is the meat per pound? You know, how much is are the vegetables per pound? So you see, it's it's all assessed by weight. You know, and so here it is. He's saying, "Go tell my father how weighty I am. Mm -hmm. You know, how valuable I am. How how honored I am in this reign." You know, and so, yeah, um, and that's that's exactly, uh, you know, what we want to do. We want to speak of their worth, you know, those who, who play that part. Let me have my next reader read uh, Genesis 45, 17 through 22, and Genesis 46, 
one through three, please. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brother, This do ye lad your your beasts, and go get you unto the land of Canaan, and take your father and your household, and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Mizraim, and ye shall eat the fat of the land. Now thou art command commanded to do this, to do ye. Take take you wagons out of the land of Mizraim for your little ones and for your wives and bring your father and come. Also regard not your stuff for the good of all the land of Mizraim is yours. And the children of Israel did, did so. And Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh and gave them provision for the way. To all of them, he gave each man charge of raiment. But to Benjamin, he gave them 300 pieces of silver and five charges of raiment. And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifice unto Elohim of his father Isaac. And Elohim spake unto Israel in the vision of the night and said, Jacob, Joseph, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here, I, here am I. And he said, I am El, the Elohim of thy father. Fear not to go down into Mizraim, for I will there make of thee a great nation. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. We see, you know, that it's been commanded that they be brought, that Israel be brought into Mizraim. Say, this do ye, lay your beast, and go and get you into the land of Canaan. You know, so, um, what does the beast represent? Anyone? Devotion. You know, so, you know, in other words, you know, set your devotions and get you into the land of Canaan. What does the land of Canaan represent? Kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of Heaven, Kingdom of Elohim. Yeah, so become devoted into getting into the Kingdom of Elohim and take your father and your households and come unto me. Mm. You know, in other words, you know, get everybody to come unto him. You know, your little ones, your wives, you know, and regard not your stuff. Don't worry about all this material stuff. You know, the good of all the land of Mitzrayim is yours. So he's not just, he's not just giving us a spot. He's giving us the best. Giving us the best. You know, even 
tells us that we should eat the eat the fat of the land. You know, so the best that we have to offer is is at your disposal. Mm. You know, and so Israel did so. You know, and so Mizraim represents what? The letter of the word. You know, represents the letter of the word. You know, and so here it is. Can you see a movement of folks going back to the letter of the word? You know, they're going back to the letter of the word. You know, they're going back to the commandments of Elohim. You know, can you see that? Yep. You know, and it says, the children of Israel did so. Hmm. You know, and he gave them changes of raiment. You know, so he changed their coverings. Mm -hmm. You know, he changed their, their, their coverings. You know, and it says, Israel, Israel took his journey with all he had and came to Beersheba. You know, Beersheba speaks to the well of the oath. You know, and so this is just a picture of them entering into covenant. Mm -hmm. You know, they offer sacrifices unto Elohim. You know, at Beersheba. This is just them entering into covenant with Elohim. And Elohim speaks unto Israel, you know, in the visions of the night and says, Fear not. Go down in the Mitzrayim. You know, and so this is exactly what they do, and this is exactly what will need to be done in the end times. You know, you'll have to return to the ancient paths. You have to return to the old ways. And see, that is what's being pictured here, you know, in the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. You know, so please understand that. And because in large part, we see that actually even happening, you know, in our day and time, do we not? You know, there's, there's, you know, over the course of mm, maybe the last 20, 30 years, you've seen people coming out of Christianity by the droves and actually, you know, trying to, you know, learn of Yah's commandments and, and turn back to him. Mm -hmm. You know, so you can see, you know, this, this type of thing that's even happening in our day and time. It continues on in verses, uh, we're going to continue on in Genesis 46, verses 26 through 29. It says, all the souls that came with Yaakov into Mizraim, which came out of his loins besides Yaakov's sons, wives, all the souls were three score and six. Mm. And the sons of Yosef, which were born him in Mizraim, were two souls, all the souls of the house of Yaakov. Which came into Mizraim were three score and ten. Hmm. You know, um, and he sent Yahuda before him unto Yosef to direct his face unto Goshen. And they came into the land of Goshen, and Yosef made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, to Goshen, and presented himself unto him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. You know, so hereby we learn that Yosef will cause all of Israel to reunite and to not only come to Mitzrayim, um, but to dwell in Goshen, the best of the land of Mitzrayim. You know, and so 
this is very important for us, you know, because those, you know, are the end times in which this speaks to prophetically. When we return to Mitzrayim, we're not to just go anywhere. So when we, when we return to the letter of the word, it's not to just go anywhere and to do anything. It's to live in Goshen. Specifically, we're to live in Goshen. And so Goshen means to draw near. So what this is, is a picture of us living in the commandments of Elohim. Especially those concerning how to draw near unto him. And so this is where we want to dwell with the testimony of Yahshua. We want to dwell in the place that causes us to draw near to Yah. You know, this is our spiritual Goshen. This is our, our land where we're going to be protected. You know, it will only be in Goshen. You know, you have some people, you know, they're in Mitzrayim. They're doing the commandments of Elohim, but they're not in Goshen. Because they don't have a testimony of Yahshua. You know, it's only those who have both that will enter into Goshen. And there's only those, you know, that will be spared the plagues that's to come. You know, you have to be living in that constant state of drawing near to Yah. We ever have to be trying to get closer to Yah. That is, that should be our motivation for life. To get as close to Him as possible. To live in a place. I love the way that the psalmist put it, you know, in Psalms 88 um, that we read today, you know, um, whereby he says, you know, in the morning, my prayer shall prevent thee. You know, so whatever you're doing in the morning, my prayer is going to come between that. You know, because I'm going to be up with my face, face in the dirt, and I'm going to be lifting my prayers up unto thee. You know, and that's what we want. We want our prayers to prevent him in the morning and in the evening. Amen. And in the afternoon as well, we want to we want to get it in. We want to constantly be drawing near to Yah. We want to live in Goshen because in Goshen is where our protection is. You know, in Goshen is where our covering is. You know, this is why they was given a change of garment. You know, a change of covering. Our covering becomes Goshen becomes our new covering. You know, and so, you know. If you understand that, then you, you understand that, you know, it's necessary to, the more you go through in life, the more that, that, you know, that this worldly existence presses upon you, the closer to Yah you're to draw. You know, that's what we want to do. You know, this is why we read Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, because it teaches us how to do that you know it tells us essentially the same thing it tells us live in Goshen it tells us draw near unto him you know surround ourselves with his word you know from from sun up to sundown all the 
all the meantime and in between time, you know, we should constantly be trying to get next to Yah. You know, and if we do so, then we too will find ourselves dwelling in Goshen. You know, and that's where our safety is, that's where our peace is. When plagues are happening all around, around us in the world, we'll be safe in Goshen. You know, so remember that. You know, uh, and we go to Genesis 47, 13 and 14. It says, there was no bread in all the land for the famine was very sore. So that the land of Mizraim and all the land of Canaan fainted by reason of the famine. Mm. And Yosef gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Mizraim and in the land of Canaan for the corn which they brought. For the corn which they brought. And Yosef brought the money into Pharaoh's house. And Yosef said, uh, oh, this is verse 16. And Yosef said, give your cattle and I will give you for your cattle if money fails. So if you don't have any more money, bring your cattle. Bring your devotions. If you don't have any money to give, devote yourself to Yah. You don't have to have anything material to give Yah. He'll take your devotions. Devote yourself to Him. You know, if you have if you have some some something monetary you want to offer them, great. But if you run out of money, that doesn't mean you don't give anything. You give them your devotion. You know, verse 19 says, you know, wherefore shall we die before thine eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread. And we and our land will be servants unto Pharaoh and give us seed that we may live and not die in the, and that the land be not desolate. You know, so now... They don't given they don't given them their uh, giving them their money and this is just a picture of them giving Yah their money you know they giving Yah their devotion and now he said buy us in our land you know well you know uh, make a joyful noise all you lands you know and land represents your flesh body you know and you live in your land you know and so. This is just a picture of you serving Yah. You becoming his servants. You know, in verse 21, it says, And as for the people, he removed them to cities from one end of the borders of Mizraim, even to the other end thereof. So this teaches us that Yosef, i.e. the body of Yahshua, will unite the believers, will gather them into cities or villages, and pool their resources for Yah's great house. You know, it's just a picture of of him doing this. It's just a picture of the ecclesia, you know, gathering all y'all's y'all's people, bringing them together, pooling their resources. You know, and then and then teaching them and feeding them. You know, because we know to feed them speaks to his teachers and instructions. So he's teaching them, he's instructing them. And then if we go on, verses 23 through 27, it says, Then Yosef said unto the people, Behold, I have, brought, I have brought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, here is seed for you, and ye shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the increase that ye shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own for seed of, of the field, and for your food, and for them of your households, and for food for your little ones. And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my, my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. 
And Yosef made it a law over the land of Mizraim unto this day that Pharaoh should have a fifth part, except the land of the priest only, which became not Pharaoh. And Israel dwelt in the land of Mizraim in the country of Goshen. And they had possessions therein and grew and multiplied exceedingly. So this is just teaching us that Yosef, i.e. the body of Yahshua, will unite the believers, will gather them into cities or villages, and pool their resources on behalf of Yah's great house. You know, and then they'll go on teaching them until they become servants of Yah. And then they will send them out to sow seed. That is, spread the gospel to the rest of the world. You know, so that's a beautiful picture, is it not? Yeah. Let me have my next reader read Genesis 48, 1 through 5. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. One told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, Elohim Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make thee a multitude of people, and I will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I come unto Egypt, are mine as Reuben and Simon. They shall be mine. Mm. Hallelujah. You know, and so this is just a depiction of Ephraim and Manasseh being taken uh, and becoming a part of Israel. You know, from, from this day, or should I say, in a day, in that day, Israel's grandchildren, Ephraim and Manasseh, shall be as the first and second born of Israel. Mm. You know, um, the firstborn received the devil blessing, the devil portion. You know, so Ephraim, which means fruitful, becomes doubly fruitful. You know, and this is this is the honor of being the first the firstborn. You know, which Reuben lost. You know, because of his uh, his iniquity. You know, and so this is a beautiful picture of how you know it will be summed up in the end that the grandchildren, the grandchildren, will become number one. And number two in Israel. Can you see? The last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Can you see that? You know, is this not what Yahshua taught? You know, it's exactly what our Messiah taught. You know, and this is how it'll be in the end. And so you have Joseph who represents the ecclesia, the first ecclesia, but then you have a second. One that comes later, that after it comes out of prison and, and is released, you know, as a second working of the ecclesia that's going on, you know, which brings forth Ephraim and Manasseh. You know, Ephraim and Manasseh is simply a picture of the Church of Philadelphia and the Church of Smyrna in all actuality. But I would say lie on that. Hmm. That's all I have for you today. Yeah. Pray with the All right, we'll take any questions at this time.
Any questions?